Welcome back to another episode of Rocky Mountain Marketing. I am so excited for today's guest. Today's guest is Paul Rupert, and he has had the opportunity to work with some pretty big names. His international clients have included Facebook, MasterCard, Western Union, uh, just to name a few. He also has worked with private equity and venture firms teaching them how to leverage mobile services in their digital plans for conversational commerce. So again, like I said, he's worked with international clients and he's going to be bringing a lot of great tips today about how you can scale your startup going from global, going global from the start, the art and science of, of high stake, high stake deals. We're going to talk about a lot for growing your business. <laughs> Paul, thank you so much for joining me today. Hello, Katie. Pleasure to be here. And uh, hello to all your listeners as well. Well, and, and you know, you and I have had the opportunity to talk offline a few times now, and you're based in Washington, D.C. And we, we actually were just talking about having global clients. One of your clients is, is in Dubai. But tell us a little bit more about what it is that you do. Sure. So what I do right now, the value proposition that I bring to clients is I'm a consultant that helps both enterprises as well as what are called aggregators or CPaaS providers. And CPaaS is one of these terms of art and acronym that stands for Communications Platforms as a Service. At root, my business experience, my technology experience is in the text messaging world, something that we all utilize and uh, has only been around for about 31 years. And of those 31 years, I've been involved in it for literally 25. Uh, got oh, wait, into so the business very, very early on. 31 years? 1991 is when the first text message was sent oh by two goodness. engineers inside Vodafone. Yeah. Wow. It feels like texting has is, is been around for a while, but 31 years, I feel like it's that that seems so long to me. Well, yeah, that, that that's when the first one. That doesn't mean it was commercially available. Okay, that's okay. when they did it in a lab, recognizing there is, uh, you know, this gets into the technology of mobile telecommunications, which is complicated enough. But there are layers of data that flow through the air that are all part of the mobile connectivity that we all benefit from in using a mobile phone, and a mobile phone really is a radio that sends and receives signals. And it's not really like it's going to, when you and I are talking on a mobile phone, you being in Denver, me being in Washington, DC, it's not like some signaling is is trans, uh, transmitting 2000 miles. It's only transmitting about a mile and a half to a cellular tower, okay? And that's why the business at one point was called cell phones because they were phones that were connecting within a, a cell, a regional or a physical cell. And that's how this all then connects. And then once it gets received by the tower, it then goes into, you know, the old style copper telecommunications network. And since then, it's been upgraded because this is all right now based on light um, uh, fiber optics, if you will. And then that's how that is transmitted. And then if you and I were talking, because as you pointed out, my my experience in the space and my clientele is really uh, global. If we were talking and you were in Beijing and I was in you know Denver, um, that then goes through the old style telephone networks that we're all used to, and it's done in milliseconds. 
Now, to the messaging piece, so you know, you were asking, it's 31 years. Commercially, it became available at around 1994 uh, when the mobile network operators um, started recognizing that this layer of the signaling could be used for what was then called provisioning. So a text message would go to your handset and essentially it was changing what uh, you might be receiving in terms of billing fees or anything else along those lines, hence the term provisioning. And that's when these guys at Vodafone were realizing, well, we could push 160 characters on this technology. And that's the basis of mobile of short message services that we all benefit from and the capture of the imagination of people how we utilize that i always talk about it in the context of it's glimpseable you don't need to read 160 characters you know there's lots of neuroscience uh, research that shows our brain is able to process both images and what's going on visually without having really to see it you know, and this is one of those things where you don't need to read 160 characters. It's so short that you see it, your brain recognizes it, and you move on, which is one of the power, but one of the one of the um, the elements of the powerful impact of text messaging. So, to you know, this is a long story, but the bottom line is today. Oh, one last piece is, you know, when we were in elementary school, what did we do when we wanted to pass a message to somebody two rows over? or in middle, middle, excuse me, middle school, we would write something on a little piece of paper, fold it up, pass it to somebody, hey, send it over to Katie over there, two rows over, et cetera, open it up, and there's this little message that is, that's in there, you know? And um, that is one of the elements of why text messaging took off. Today, I'll throw a question to you, true or false? Um, does the average American receive more, send or receive more than 40 messages a day or less than 40 messages a day? The average? I'm, well, I think I'm above average, but I, I definitely say more than. Okay. So the average, the actual number is 42. Wow. But then I'll ask you this. Um, a, what do you think the highest average is on a national market basis? So how high is it? in the number as an average, and then where do you think that occurs? What country do you think that happens in? Ooh, uh, so I think the highest amount of text messages being sent a day, uh, we'll say 100. Okay. I'm going to say 100, and I'm going to say, oh, I'm going back and forth between the United States and China. So I'll, I'll say U.S. I'll say us Americans are, okay. are avid texters. So the number is 85, oh, and that's okay. out of the Philippines. Oh, the Philippines. Wow. Yeah. And that's a small country. Yeah. <laughs> and the well, relatively, yeah, uh, not in terms of huge population, but the reality is because a whole bunch of factors, you know, there is a large foreign worker aspect to the Filipino economy. Um, you know, if you go to Las Vegas, for example, or a number of different, you know, nurses um, all around the world, uh, you know, domestic workers in Japan and Saudi Arabia, this is all part of uh, the domestic, excuse me, the foreign worker aspect of their economy. So they have friends and families that are spread out all over the world. And how do they communicate cheaply? and yet effectively and quite quickly with each other, text messaging. 
So that's one of the aspects of it. And I have, as a result of the businesses that I've been involved in and building out um, the capability of mobile operators to send these messages all around the world, because there's, there's essentially a third party, a middleman, technologically and commercially, that enables all these messages to go all around the world, because the operators, meaning mobile network operators, the cellular operators, however you want to call them, whether it be Verizon or T-Mobile or U.S. Cellular or whatever it might be, there were companies that I was principally involved in 25 years ago where we were startups and recognized we can do this better than the operators can. And we did because back then, text messaging, for one thing, is based on originally what's called the native GSM radio format. So GSM is the style of of radio interface, but there were a lot of competition. There were a lot of technical comp competitors to GSM back then. So if you were thinking about, let's say, Nextel, if you remember Nextel, yeah. and if you remember Verizon, which is still around today, and you remember T-Mobile US, which is you know goes back to another company called uh, VoiceStream. I've just gone through one standard, which was called IDEN, another standard called CDMA, which stood for um, God, CDM. So, oh God, I'm forgetting this the acronym <laughs> name, but CDMA and then GSM and text messaging was based on the GSM radio format. It wasn't any of these others. So, I was in a company that was able to come forward and say, "We've got a technical solution, so text messaging can flow from CD from TDMA. Excuse me, from um, GSM to CDMA, CDMA to TDMA to IDEN. Those were the predominant." Uh, technological capabilities in North America, for example. So because that occurred and because messaging started going higher and higher and higher and higher, um, we were at a very opportune point and in a very opportune place to be able to provide that to the mobile network operators. And today on a global basis, we're talking about a $200 billion business globally. And then the other element is um, you know, we were talking about average numbers of messages sent. So uh, last year, about 14 trillion messages were sent globally around the world. Pre-pandemic, we were at a growth rate. And keep in mind, messaging was a, you know, there's a life cycle in terms of growth and plateauing. Um, globally, we were growing at about 8% per year. Now, because of the pandemic and post-pandemic, projections are the growth rate is going to be around 30 to 40%, depending what country you're in and various types of use cases. So not only you and I messaging, but now you and enterprises, you and firms, you and companies, and those companies could be your hair salon stylist, or it could be United Airlines. Mm -hmm. It could be um, Which I get you know, text messages from both United Airlines and my hairstylist. <laughs> that's right. Exactly. So this is the power of this uh, communications platform and how it can be utilized in a variety of different scenarios. And that's what I do. I help companies like Vera, like um, MasterCard, uh, as well as the aggregators themselves that they're called the CPaaS providers. You know, and that includes companies like Cineverse or Twilio, um, you know, other companies around the world, including Infobip, which started in Croatia, all these other players. 
and I help them competitive to be able to do, provide more competitive strategies, but I also help the guys like at MasterCard and Facebook and others how to be able to leverage messaging more effectively for their end customers, consumers, you and I. I love it because I know as somebody, like I said earlier, I will definitely respond to uh, someone leaving me a voicemail with a text message. I, you know, it's mm -hmm. a lot, even though look, look at me, I'm, I'm recording a podcast. I'm avid with social audio. I'm a speaker, but I love text messaging because I feel like it's just faster. Like you said before, I love right. 160 characters and we don't necessarily need to read it. We can just look at it and get yeah. the gist of it essentially. Yeah, right? it's expanded beyond the 160 now, but you know, that was a great way of having everybody get trained and utilizing the service. And then technologically we are able to advance it, you know, much more. You know, you can have a very, very long text that's what's called concoctinated and being able to deliver to you through the ether and a number of different packets and all the technology that goes on behind it. But on average about 98% of text messages are opened and they're usually opened within three percent or three minutes and that compares to the fact of uh, email for example average opening rate for an email is about three days yeah so you know this is a very intimate communications platform very personal in the context of how we utilize it and the prioritization that we provide to it as a telecommunications platform well and i think that too you know you were saying 98 percent of text messages get opened i said right here, my, I get a text message from my hairstylist uh, when I book an appointment and when the 24 hours before my appointment is coming, you know, I get those text messages and I've become dependent on them. And I think that a lot of us are okay with businesses sending us text messages now. So for, for people that, you know, and we're going to get into, you know, a lot of the, the business growth discussion, but I, I love this conversation on text because it is so important. I mean, like whether it's, it's the good old fashioned text messaging, uh, I'm curious what your thoughts are between like Facebook messenger, WhatsApp, and going through those sort of messenger tools versus text, or if you mm -hmm. think they're kind of one in the same. They're not one of the same at all, uh, because these characterize the Facebook, the WhatsApp, you know, if you're Chinese, WeChat, which is all around the world, etc. These are what are called over the top solutions. So they are essentially islands of the subscribers that uh, subscribe to WhatsApp, Viber, Line, Kakao, WeChat, etc. that I just mentioned. Um, and because there is a limitation to the subscribers. So you and I, I could send you, you know, I, I bring out WeChat because I lived in China for a little while. Um, if I were to send you a text and you're not on WeChat, you're not going to be able to receive that text. Or if I'm, you know, on WhatsApp, same idea. It might be free, but it's not free everywhere. The reality of SMS is every mobile phone um, has is SMS enabled, and that's text enabled. So that's one aspect of the power and the reach of this, which is why you get things like what are called one-time passwords or two-factor authentication, which is essentially a security provision, which you know we all do. In fact, that's the largest swath uh, or tranche of messaging in terms of enterprise-related messaging is those types of messages. And you know they're in the trillions as well. So when you get a check as to please validate 
your identity by confirming this text code that was just sent to your mobile handset. So that can be sent whether you're in Timbuktu or whether you're in Tennessee, and as long as you've got a handset. And by the way, the, you know, the ultimate aspects of this is there are 7.2 billion people on Earth at the moment. Do you know how many mobile active subscriptions there are around the world? Well, now I, I was going to say like maybe 5 billion, yeah. but now I think you're going to throw me for a loop here. Yeah, exactly. This is a trick question. 15.9 billion subscribers or active handsets, I should people say. people have more than one phone. That's right. And many people have more than two phones. <laughs> you know, back can, to these active. I can hardly active... keep up with one. <laughs> yeah. It, in some other areas around the world, it's a very different dynamic. So my point in all this is it just speaks to the power of SMS as universally available and universally uh, enabled. And then the last piece is, as you know, we've been talking about what's called enterprise-related messaging or application-to-person messaging, which is essentially a computer to a person. It's you dealing with your firms, your you know customer care, all these things that we've been talking about, um, telehealth, whatever. You know, they're all kinds of different use cases that can be applied here. Um, you know, the, the estimate is that only about 6% of the world's businesses utilize text messaging as part of is? their, well, it's, it's very new. It's also very spread out. You know, the concentration obviously is in the more advanced economic markets, Western Europe, uh, the U.S., Asia, et cetera. But then you have the middle tier and the developing economies where these things are now just starting to flow in. And even in the context of you look at the growth rates of various countries, you know, the fastest growth rates for mobile telephony right now is sub-Saharan Africa. So this is finally getting down to the point where it's affordable, where handsets are not a thousand dollars like we utilize, you know, with a with an Apple iPhone or um, a Samsung phone. The reality there is that there are various types of provisions that you can get, even smartphones, for about seventy five dollars. That's a lot of money in some places, but it also speaks to the um, the importance as well as the economic drivers of this type of telecommunications. There's all kinds of research that shows where mobile telephony started to flow into various various countries and how their GDP spiked as a result of that. In fact, I even wrote an op-ed piece for Asia Telecoms, which was about 12 years ago or so, just looking at I was looking at Vietnam because it was about to be entering into the um, the World Trade Organization, and you could plot out the types of impact um, on their GDP. Well, and and Paul, I you know I work in social media, and mm -hmm. I love the fact that there's you know four I think four point eight billion people on social media, in in some regards, whether it's LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, whatever. But hearing that. I could potentially reach 15 billion people, you know, with text messaging. It makes me want to learn more about how I can use it for my business. And I'm sure that a lot of the listeners right now are like, okay, this is, this is pretty cool. You know, like if I could just figure out a way to give valuable texts to my customers and my clients to kind of give them that, like you said before, the average email sits in the inbox for three days before someone opens it, right. if they even open it. So 
it seems like text message marketing is a great strategy to start. Absolutely. No question about it. Yeah. And, and there are a number of companies that have been, um, grown over the course of the last 10 to 15 years who are focusing on the space. So, you know, if you were depending on whether you were a small medium, uh, a small medium business or even a micro business, there's opportunity, you know, if you were a tradesman, for example, like an HVAC guy or a landscaper, there's all kinds of ways that you can implement text messaging for meeting notifications, alerts, predictive monitoring of various types of equipment. It really is driven by your particular use case. And that's why I say, you know, just as you were mentioning hair salon, same with me, you know, when I get my hair cut, the guy who cuts my hair, he has a service that, uh, you know, we confirm verbally, but then I get a reminder um, of that day or reminder from my calendar that can be then embedded in my calendar via text message solution. So lots of different ways to, to skin the cat, if you will. Well, and I think that it, it, goes across just hair salons and airlines. I mean, you could use this for, if you're an auto repair shop, I, you know, you could use this, you know, if you're a real estate agent, you know, and, and send those weekly, you know, weekly open house updates or whatever. I mean, there, there's a lot of opportunities that you could use. And I mean, I'm curious. Insurance companies, believe it or not. Really? I know one that just is a specialist in insurance. Yes. And that's how they, um, they differentiate themselves within the marketplace because this is now we're getting into, you know, big competitive positioning within the market space because some of these companies, they can be as small as, let's say, five to $10 million in revenues that enable this. And they can be up to a to billion dollars in revenues, the largest players in the space, the ones that I'm familiar with because I was involved in them when they were fledgling startups. You know, and over the course of the last, um, as I say, about 20 years, these have become quite large, significant companies. So with text message marketing, what are your thoughts with just trying to provide like a quick, hello, here we are, this is a reminder or, or sort of kind of just a, a text message or using the text messaging kind of like you would in an email with sending people to a destination. So a reminder right. of, hey, uh, this event is happening. Click here to, you know, uh, join the waiting room or click here to uh, get an extra ticket or anything like that. Right. So in the United States, there are regulatory issues in terms of being opting into these solutions. You've, uh, you have to make an active engagement. Therefore, that is how spam is reduced. And there's quite onerous um uh, penalties with multipliers. So if you're being texted by someone that you not want to be texted from for whatever reason, you know, all you really need to ever do is just put in caps STOP or opt out is another one. And this gets into the regulatory aspect. But what you had described that if you want to fall into or you want to start receiving something via email, you can also option, you know, whether you want to receive something via an email or via text. That depends on the marketer or the firm or in, and the specific use case that we're talking about in terms of how do you want to get notified. And thus also falls into government. You know, I just recently got my booster, my second booster uh, for COVID-19. And in Maryland, there is a service that is tracking all of this. And I chose to be notified via text. So once um, I got the vaccination and got into the system again, 
the system came back to me two days later and they ask, how are you feeling? They go through the basic stuff and it's all through text messaging. So I opted in initially. But it's initially. not an actual person texting you. It's all. No, it's all, it's all via. Bot. Yeah, exactly. Well, it's not necessarily a bot, but yeah, these are all various types of algorithms that go if then analysis and you then get into these large databases and the databases are essentially what's enabling that. So uh, behind the scenes, there is a provider like the companies that I've been involved in who have links to your database. And we then have the means to be able to send out that text message. The means is essentially is we are providing what's called an application program interface, which is essentially what it looks like to the consumer. Would you like to receive a text message about X, Y, and Z, or to confirm your appointment, or this confirms your appointment, et cetera? And then that goes into, let's say, company A that I was involved in, and then we would have the actual physical connections to all the mobile network operators in North America, or that we could be able to send the same type of text message to anywhere around the world because we have what are called peering agreements with the other providers all the way all around the world or we're we've got those connections on our own there are about 1400 mobile network operators all on the around all around the world and no one really has all connections so this is the nature of the business we compete but we also cooperate with each other to be able to send these messages all around the world so paul if someone's listening right now and they're like this sounds really intriguing and i I'd like to learn more about how I could utilize it for my business. I'm going to ask you a couple of questions here. What would you say they focus in on versus uh, either doing other SMS? Yeah, well, I was going to say yeah. SMS versus like uh, going through an SMS sort of platform where you're getting the text messages or going through a Facebook Messenger platform or a, a, a WhatsApp platform because you can utilize all of these for your yeah. business. The reality is that you want to be able to cap, you know, I, I talk in the world of CPAS, as it's called, I'll use this acronym again, it's, which is communications platforms as a service. Imagine the concept being, were you on video right now? So that's one platform. You can also have voice, just telephone call. That's another platform. You can do text, which is another platform. You can also do email, which we've been talking about. That's another platform. So today, in terms of the CPAS world, it's a means of being able to combine, orchestrate, and, and coordinate all of these messages, all these engagement platforms at the same time. At the end of the day, if you are thinking as a business person, how can I utilize this? You have to think of convenience to the consumer. And ultimately, the consumer wants to send any message, anytime, any platform. So how you use the communications platforms are going to be different than how I use them, whether it's male, female, whether it's older, younger, whatever it might be, whether you're, you know, traveling, not traveling, whatever the dynamics, you've local, got to be global. able to plan that. You got it. You got it. So that's how you have these use cases that are developed inside the companies like United Airlines or the providers. You know, I'll just throw a couple of these out there, whether it might be InfoBip or it might be Twilio or it might be Cinch or it might be Cineverse. These are all some of the bigger providers. But then if you were a smaller player, you might be going to a company called Comify or uh, High Marley or uh, Podium. There are a whole bunch of these that are out there. In fact, I track over 300 globally 
and a friend of mine who used to run business messaging for Google, he has a list that's over 500 long. So, you know, if you're at that stage of how do I get involved in this, you know, the best way to do it is just, let's say, text marketing or SMS marketing on Google, and you're going to be presented ads that are going to be asking you questions. And you're going to see that, as I mentioned, Cinch, Twilio, and Philbip are going to probably be up there. But also because of your geographic location, you'll probably some see some others. It all depends on where you want to dive into. And, you know, I could go through, like I say, there are about 20 that I look at on a global basis, but there are far more than just that. The company that I mentioned, Comify, for example, is about a $100 million revenue company out of the UK. They just bought another company in the US. Um, same dynamic relative to the company I mentioned, Infobip, started in Croatia. Now they've acquired other companies in the US and then are, are growing very quickly. Um, Twilio is a very, very well-known company that not really is in the space, but utilizes text messaging to the nth degree from their inception. They essentially provide communications capabilities to application developers. I mean, this gets into the bits and bytes of how all this works, which is kind of boring. But <laughs> I'm a commercial guy. I'm not a technologist. So, Well, man, this has been such an awesome conversation. And I think that with, with everything that we've talked about today, it's the biggest takeaway that I have is that text message, text messaging marketing is a great way to have instant access to your clients and customers. And yeah. it's not necessarily a gr great, you know, lead magnet sort of marketing tool of trying to get in front of new customers, but it's a great nurture way to, to help guide your customers through the customer journey, you know, and give them the support. Right. Customer journey, customer experience. That is where the, let's say the heat in the market is right now. Because if you just think back, let's say 10 years ago, so, or let's say 20 years or so, um, all of the interfacing that we did to try to have a customer engagement, let's say, have it, you know, sketching your cable installation or trying to resolve a telephone bill or something like that. What did you do? You made a telephone call and you made a voice call into a call center. And the call center initially would be in the States, but then it was moved all around the world. You know, we were talking about the Philippines or India, whatever it might be. And there's actually a human being that's trying to resolve that. Now that is being shifted into text messaging because in text messaging, you can send this to me. You may not have to have an immediate, what's called a synchronous resolution and instead you could have you could accept an asynchronous resolution what you know what are the ripple effects of that are well you know call centers are notorious for very difficult places to work <laughs> most of them have 100 percent turnover in 90 days oh but God. if you're able to make that less intense so that resolution doesn't need to be done immediately i.e through text messaging you could have sent me you know let's say to company b uh, regarding an issue on your scheduling, all that could be done um, either through a human being later or through a, an artificial intelligence solution. And that would all be sent up and exchange. You and I would be going back and forth via text. I don't need to respond immediately to that text. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, you might be just around to go on a bike ride. Mm -hmm. So you know that you can come back to that in an hour when you've done instead mm -hmm. of that, you know, sitting around, getting on hold, all that stuff. 
that's where the real opportunity is right now in terms of big deals you know chasing the great white whales if you will in terms of how do we capture and shift uh behavior from telephone calls into text and guess what most of the emerging generations i.e millennials gen z's um, you know, I'm a trailing boomer and I use text to be able to make these kind of resolutions just because a telephone call now is more inconvenient. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, relative to my prioritization of my time and my usage of time, I'll go right into the text aspects. Yep. You know, and even, you know, there are, we've been talking about smaller companies, but they're, they don't have to be smaller companies. I have a list of over 12 that I've tracked, you know, over the course, 12 segments over the course of my career, and that's OTT, we've talked about financial services, logistics, travel and leisure, um, Internet of Things, which is utilities, oil, gas, also insurance, automotive that you just mentioned, if you're a mechanic or car service bay, you know, if you look at, um, if you look at Jiffy Lube or if you look at AAA, they are very big users of text messaging to be able to arrange and provide couponing, you know, to provide incentives oh, yeah, to come in. I didn't even think of that. All kinds of stuff. And then the last piece is, you know, we're talking about an external engagement, right? Mm -hmm. When I say external, it's a company to consumer. Well, as a result of doing this kind of digitalization, which is what is going on, that also changes the internal dynamics of a company and a firm and how they work. Because it's easier to do these things um, in a digital manner, meaning utilizing text messaging and then providing an assimilation, a coordination with such things as customer data and customer relationship management initiatives. So it has this flywheel ripple effect. You may have started thinking, oh, I'm going to send out a coupon for an oil change and I'm Jiffy Lube and it's an $8 coupon. And then you find out six months later, this is transforming how I operate my business internally. And whether it be reduced CapEx, might be reduced uh, or more efficiencies. I mean, I can go into a whole bunch of different use cases where they saw, wow, this is really starting to affect how we do different, how we do business differently. I mean, even with insurance companies where you start having adjusters, mm -hmm. they don't need to come out because you can have a hot link to a text message and the hot link goes into a video link or a photo link. You're taking a picture of your dent, you know, you're sending it on what That's did you just exactly do exactly what happened when my husband got rear-ended we had there to go through go. geico and we did this whole text messaging of him taking pictures and texting it off you got it and instead of having a, a claims adjuster or you know somebody who's going to inspect the damage like you did in the old days either drive it to the repair uh, the repair shop or somebody coming to your house and whatever you know and it's like they're the they're in the fifth uh, fifth meeting of the day and all of the efficiencies around this and you still have a human interface that's looking at all mm -hmm. this and that just makes things so much more efficient and therefore it's a flywheel effect from that coupon which is marketing which is external and all of a sudden we're doing things differently internally the digitalization of all this well paul 
This has been awesome. How, how can people continue uh, to, to, to work with you? How can they learn more about what it is well, the, that you do? The easiest way is just to engage me via uh, LinkedIn. So you can find me as Paul R. Rupert, R-U-P-P-E-R-T on LinkedIn. And I'd be happy to have a conversation with anybody who's interested in how can I find this, you know, no, no links, no hooks to it, just in the context of here's some information that you can guide towards um, exam what you're doing and being able to take advantage, forget, take full advantage of text messaging power. Awesome. Well, thank you again so much for joining me on the show today. Thank you, Katie.